In the name of God, the creator, liberator, and sustainer of the universe. Amen. Today we are celebrating the feast of the presentation of Jesus by Mary and Joseph in the temple. Our gospel reading is from the second chapter of St. Luke's Gospel. And it says that when the time of their purification had come, Mary and Joseph went up to Jerusalem to the temple to present Jesus to the Lord. It is often said that half of Episcopal sermons promote heresy. Today, I want to be very, very clear that this is an anti-heretical sermon. I want you to be very clear that I am standing over against a heresy that even though it has been condemned, lives on. Now, it's important to realize that heresies are not just little disagreements about certain doctrines. Serious heresies are big mistakes in terms of what the Christian faith is really all about. Serious heresies also can do great damage. Now there are heresies in the history of the church that have not been so serious and they've been corrected but there are heresies that are very serious. For example, there is a heresy that teaches that Jesus was not a human being, that he only looked like a human being. Because flesh is so evil that God could not possibly have been in flesh. There is also a heresy that says that Jesus did not really die on the cross. That at the last moment, God came down and rescued him and took him to heaven. He just appeared to die on the cross. Those are serious heresies. But neither one of those are the one that I want to attack this morning again. This morning, I want to speak as strongly as I possibly can against the heresy that was started in the second century by a Christian teacher whose name was Marcion. And the heresy became known as Marcionism. Now, probably most of you do not know a great deal about Marcy, but I want to tell you in brief what he taught. He taught that there was no continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. He taught, he taught 
that the God of the Old Testament was a flawed God. He taught that the flawed God had also created a flawed creation. And it was only until you got to the New Testament that you got the good God who restored creation. That up until then, you had been dealing with a flawed theological reality. It was only accidental, according to Marcion, that Jesus was Jewish. He could have been Greek or he could have been Roman. It didn't matter. There was no continuity, according to Marcion, between salvation history that came out of the people of Israel and the people of the New Covenant in the New Testament. This heresy, even though it was condemned strongly by the church in the second century, thanks in large part to the writings of St. Luke and St. Paul, still lives on today. I remember in my first parish, a woman saying to me, a wife of a priest, as a matter of fact, saying to me, you know, there is a God of wrath and law, and that's the Old Testament God. And there's a God of love and mercy and justice, and that's the New Testament God. And those two are not the same gods. I remember visiting a parishioner in my first parish in Richmond, Virginia, and I happened to mention that uh, Jesus was Jewish. And she became quite agitated, and she said to me, Jesus was not Jewish. He was the son of God. I said, well, he was also Jewish. She said, no. Then she went on to talk about the physicality of Jesus. And she said, Jesus was the son of God, and he looked more like my grandchild, who had blonde hair and blue eyes, than any Mideasterner then I made the second mistake of that visit. <laughs> I said, well, as far as I know, there is only one physical description of, well, it's not even of Jesus, but it is of the resurrected Christ, the one who sits upon the throne. And the book of Revelation says, his hair was like lamb's wool. She said, are you saying that the Son of God had hair like a Negro? And I said, well, I'm just quoting the book of Revelation. She said, well, what kind of a priest are you saying that Jesus was both a Negro and a Jew? 
She says, I don't think you thoroughly understand the Christian faith. We stand over against both. Six million Jews were killed by Nazis. In large part because of Marcy. We were taught there was no continuity between the people of Israel and the Christian church. We were taught that the people of Israel had a flawed God. Taught that there was a flawed creation. Synagogues have been bombed in our own country recently because of the belief that there's no continuity between salvation history that comes from the people of Israel and the Christian church. Real heresies can cause real damage. We need to be aware of what it is that we believe St. Luke was very, very clear. And the church has been very, very clear as it has celebrated the Feast of the Presentation ever since the birth date of Jesus was set on the 25th of December in the 4th century. We have since then celebrated the Presentation on, on the 2nd of February. And the, and the presentation is a very Jewish liturgy. The presentation involves, in Luke's gospel, two committed Jewish parents taking their Jewish child up to the temple and doing what the law had commanded them to do. The background, the background of the presentation is found in the 12th chapter of Leviticus. But the command is found in the 13th chapter of Exodus in the Torah. Every firstborn child shall be given to the Lord. Mary and Joseph went up to the temple to engage in this liturgy because they knew they knew that liturgy, as every parent who has had a child baptized knows, that ritual and liturgy grounds one in one's identity. And they wanted to make sure that Jesus was grounded in his Jewish identity. So they go up and present the child to the Lord. They go up to engage in the act of, of, in fact, giving away the child. One of the priests I used to work with some years ago at every baptism of a child would say, and sometimes this would shock the parents, he would say, you have brought this child here to give the child away. You brought the child here to give the child away. You're giving the child to God and in these waters, we are making very clear to whom the child belongs. 
Mary and Joseph wanted Jesus to be very clear, to know to whom he belonged. He belonged to his creator. When they go into the temple, they meet two elderly people. One is, is a man named Simeon. Later in our liturgy today, our choir will sing the, the, anthem, the anthem that Simeon proclaimed when he saw Jesus. Simeon, Luke says, had been led to the temple by the Holy Spirit. Now again, sometimes in the church, we like to think that the, that the Holy Spirit only operates in the Christian church. But Luke is very clear that the Holy Spirit operates in the world, that the Holy Spirit operates in the Jewish faith. Simeon was a, was a devout Jew. Luke tells us the Holy Spirit had led him, led him to the temple. Simeon had been praying in the temple. He'd been praying for a deliverer. He wanted peace. He was living in an occupied country. He, he was tired of Herodian rule. He wanted God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And when he sees this child, he embraces this child. He takes this child in his arms, and this child becomes his child. This child becomes his child. He says, I now can, I now can depart in peace because I have seen my deliverer. Then he says to Mary and Joseph, the critical thing for us, this child shall bring light to the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. This child coming from the people of Israel brings light to us. There's a real sense there's a real sense in which you can never be a Christian until you are a good Jew, until you understand how God has acted in the people of Israel. Well, Simeon takes his child. He says this child should be a light, a light to the, to the, to the Gentiles. Then he blesses Mary and then he says to Mary, knowing he lives in an occupied area, that this child will engage in a struggle that will cause pain. Well, Simeon knows that liberation involves struggle and pain. And he says to Mary, you will know this. She will learn to let go of the son that she is giving away to God today. There's another person in the temple that hears old Simeon speak. She's identified by her tribe. Simeon isn't. Anna, the tribe of Asher, which in Hebrew means happy. Anna was not led by the Holy Spirit to the temple. She had been there. She was like a temple mother. She was like the head of the altar gate, okay? She was there all the time, okay? 
She was there all the time. She prayed and fasted. It also says, Luke also says, Anna was a prophet. She stood in the tradition of, of Miriam and Deborah. Sometimes in the 20th century, we like to think we invented the, the ministry of women. <clears throat> women have been deeply involved in ministry for centuries. <clears throat> Luke, identifies, Luke identifies Anna, the prophet, prophet Anna. And old prophet Anna, 84 doesn't seem so old to me anymore, but anyway, she, <laughs> old prophet Anna sees his child. Again, this devout Jewish woman, she sees this child. She takes this child in her arms. Luke tells us she doesn't have any children. This child's the only child she needs. And says that she began to praise God and tell everybody who this child was. She is, she is foreshadowed here in Luke's gospel, those women who will proclaim the gospel for ages and ages and ages to our present time. Luke says that Mary and Joseph are sort of amazed at all this, sort of amazed at what's happening. I mean, after the, the shepherds and the angels, it looks like maybe you wouldn't be so amazed. But anyway, they are amazed. And they leave that temple and they are full of hope. They're full of hope and they go home. They go home more firmly grounded in their Hebraic tradition. And they will raise Jesus in that tradition, and he will never leave it. The presentation reminds us that we are not our own, that we belong to God, and that we are part not only of just one religious tradition, but of at least two. We are the Gentiles who have received the light from the people of Israel. We are those who are very clear that the revelation that we have received from Scripture begins not with Matthew's Gospel, but with the book of Genesis tells us that God created us in God's image and likeness. It tells us that creation is good and calls us to be God's people. And leads us through the book of Revelation where we're told that God shall be all in all. And we are reminded again that even though we may have profound experiences in whatever temple we happen to worship. That we are called to live in a world in which there is struggle and suffering. And that swords will at times pierce our own hearts. 
also called to remember at the presentation that the only authentic joy there is in this world is the joy that Mary knew in her heart when she said, let it be, let it be. The joy she knew when in the temple she said to the God who had created her, as Hannah had said to Eli, this is my son, into your hands I commend him. It is that joy, it was that joy that old Simon and old Anna sensed, and it is that joy that we are also offered this day as liturgically we represent ourselves along with Jesus. Let there be peace among us and let us not be instruments of our own or anyone else's oppression. <laughs>